Triple M's The Real Football Show Catch-Up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota, SA's number one Toyota dealer. Oh, off and running on a Saturday morning. Albie Kidd, how are you? Welcome. Dead, how are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Up and about after a big win last night and from the advertiser, Val Miliaccio. How are you, Val? I haven't slept a wink. Celebrating all <laughs> no, night. Val. <laughs> well, finally... Finally. Now, was it a good performance in your eyes, Albie? I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was a very, very good uh, tactical display from uh, Amor. I've been on his case for a lot of weeks, as you as you know, Dits. But uh, last night, defensively, they were they were fantastic. How did you see it, Val? I like the aggressive approach that Adelaide took last night. Um, it wasn't clinical, but I think there's signs there that they're going to recover. The the new player Kim Jae Sung looked good. The flashpoint in the second half, when uh, obviously Riley McGree. And Wayne Brown, and and there was the all in. I thought that there's something in that. I mean, not not that we like to see a fight, but just that they're getting behind each other. Yeah, they looked very passionate last night, and that's been missing from uh, weeks gone by. Uh, I thought they played. I thought they played reasonably well. I thought Newcastle were poor on the night. Mm. Nothing went right for them. But but really, Newcastle are very very good at hitting teams on the break. I think the tactics that Amor put put out last night that was spot on. So how will the Reds respond to their biggest ever home loss, that 5-0 thumping at the hands of the Turf Glory? Nordstrand makes so many clever runs, and the header! Oh! John Hall makes a miraculous save, but he's surely come off second best after running into the upright. Well, I thought it was him. And what about the awareness of Nordstrand, who knows Hall's off his line? How does he respond with all the pressure of the penalty kick? He dispatches it into the bottom corner. The captain on the Knights and Karuska showing the passion that Adelaide United fans have been crying out for. They lead the Jets in Friday night football. Nikola Milajuznic. Oh! Didn't like the treatment one little bit. Went in the back for his teammate, did Wayne Brown. Riley McGree. And it's all kicking off. Tensions boiling over at Cooper's. Is anyone running onto it? Doesn't matter. No time. And Adelaide United fans punch the air. There you go. One nil win over Newcastle. Val, uh, I want to put something to you. I know mm-hmm. you, you talk to the club uh, on a daily basis. John Hall, from what I'm told, was on his last legs. That was his last chance last night, and he produced. And he nearly got knocked out for it. But he, <laughs> I mean, he did. But, he did. He had he a produced. good game. He had a good game last night. Um, to be fair, he's he's been in before last night. He was in one winning team. That was his eighth match with Adelaide United. That yep. was a seven nil win over Newcastle back in two thousand and fifteen. After that, there was no wins. Mm-hmm. He copped seven goals in his first two games when he replaced Eugene back what ten thirteen days ago in Central Coast. The pressure was on, and he delivered. And he did make a good save from that. Uh, Martin Nordstrom looping header where unfortunately he's crashed his head against the post and man, that, that was sickening. Must have been a sore one. But I'll tell you what, I thought it was a solid performance last night. He never put a foot wrong. Yep. Very, very good goalkeeper in my eyes. Um, as you say, he was on the, his last legs. But I'll tell you what, uh, they've got a bit of thinking to do now because he played very well last night. Mm. Look, I, I can tell you, they uh, deliberated sorry, for a long, long time as to whether he played or not. They're going to give the younger boy a go. Margus. Yeah, and uh, and in the end, uh, I know that David Scarcella, the keeper coach, backed him and said, no, we give him another go, mm. and uh, he's made the right call. Well, I was watching the warm-up last night, and I thought, wow, this is not looking good. The warm-up was actually atrocious. Was it? Was The goalkeeper warm-up, I didn't like it at all. But when the game was on, he was on. Yep, he was indeed. Uh, was it a penalty? 
dubious, but okay, Tarek Elridge, he slaloms into the box. There's two players surrounding him. Nigel Bogard, Daniel Mullen, they've got reputations for uh, giving away penalties, and I think the referee's gone on the reputation there. Ooh. Look, I thought it was a tremendous run from Elric, uh, from his, his own half. He beat players. He's very, very good at doing that, boring in on players. He, he, he just went full pace at Daniel Mullen and Bogart. To me, he's very, very good at getting penalty kicks, and he's, mm-hmm. good, at, he's good at falling over Elric. We'll speak to him later on. I <laughs> he think is this, coming but, on. <laughs> but really, uh, to me... Uh, Bogart stepped back out the way. I didn't think it was a penalty, but um, I think nine referees out of ten would have given a penalty kick on, the, on that occasion. But in saying that, there should have been a penalty in the first half when uh, one of the Adelaide boys, I think it was Riley McGree, honing inside, he's edging his way towards the box, and Bogart kept a hand on his shoulder, hand on his shoulder for a good six or seven metres, and then in the end he was inside the box and he, and he was brought down. Referee said play on. At the very least, Phil, I think you're right there. I, I think it was just right on the borderline of the box and inside the box, but it should have been, at uh, the very least, a, a free kick at the edge of the box. Yeah. Good on you, boys. It's the Real Football Show for CMI Toyota, South Australia's number one Toyota dealer. Coming up next, really looking forward to this, Albie Kid during the week caught up with Archie Knox, formerly Sir Alex Ferguson's assistant. Seven ten on a Saturday morning. Gee, what a big sporting lineup it is! You've got the Real Football Show, thanks to CMI Toyota. Then you've got Dead Set Legends with KG and Jars, and then it's Roy and HG. So a massive, massive morning here on Triple M. Um, Albie, during the week you caught up with Archie Knox. Just tell us a little bit about Archie before I roll the interview. Yeah, Archie was um, coached obviously at Dundee Aberdeen, and then he was uh, always connected with Alex Ferguson there. And the Sir Alex Ferguson got him down to Man U and. Uh, had him there for I think it was about six six years, and uh, he's dealt with the, the whole the big players, Beckham, uh, Scholes, Giggs. So he's been everywhere with all these big players, and um, great relationship with Archie Knox, and uh, successful. All right, Triple M's very own Alex Abella and Albie Kid talking to Archie Knox. One hundred four point seven Triple M. It is the real football show, and Albie, you have outdone yourself with today's guest. Let me run through some of the teams this man has managed and the people he has managed them with. Aberdeen, Dundee, Man United, Rangers, Everton. He was at Scotland, Millwall, Bolton, Blackburn. Archie Knox is on the radio with us. Well done, Albie. Archie, welcome to The Real Football Show. Thank you very much. Looking forward to that. Now, I've got to start off, Archie, with the fact that our Albie kid here likes to talk about his time at Dundee and the fact that, you know, he was the pride of Scottish football. Considering you managed him, please tell us it's not true. He wasn't as good as he's making out. Ah, uh, he was even better. Than, oh no! <laughs> even better than what he's making out. He really was, you know. Culminating, uh, although uh, you probably know the story about his two goals against Hart the year that Celtic won the league. In actual fact, he was the reason that Celtic won the league. On a serious note, though, Archie, great to have you on the show, and uh, thank you so much for your time. I guess I'd like to go back to the, the the main thing that the the Australian public would like to hear is about your your association with a great man, Alex Ferguson. When did that all all, all happen for you? Well, it was amazing. Uh, you know, the my introduction to, to Alex, I didn't know Alex that well. Uh, met him at coaching courses and stuff like that. But uh, he had lost his assistant Pat Stanton, who went back to Edinburgh. And uh, we had a game, uh, I was player manager at Forfar at the time, and uh, we had a game down in, uh, at Forfar against uh, an Aberdeen team. And uh, that was a Tuesday night, I can remember it well. He came in and said, uh, can I have a word with you a minute? 
And uh, I said, yeah, obviously. Then we went into the office, and he says, how do you fancy being my assistant at uh, Aberdeen? And I says, oh, that's great. I mean, full-time football with a club like Aberdeen, and they just won the league and that type of thing. So I said, that that would be great. I look forward to that. He says, uh, when can you start? I says, well, tomorrow. But that was a start, Archie, wasn't it, for the bigger things to come? That was 1980-83. You were the assistant to Fergie there. 83, um, I think it was, uh, Aberdeen made the European Cup Winners' Cup to play against Real Madrid. Tell us a little bit about that, Archie. Oh, it was uh, it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, I, uh, what do you call it, Alec had gone to see them play and said, and phoned me up and said, oh, what a, what a chance we've got against these guys. He says, uh, uh, I can see us uh, managing to do this. What a fantastic night it was in, in Gothenburg. You know, the pitching that was uh, sodden. It was you know, too, yeah. The covers were on the pitch and stuff like that. So, you know, the, the conditions weren't great. But uh, what a fantastic night for Scottish football and for Aberdeen in particular, you know, beating the mighty Real Madrid in the Cup Winners' Cup final. 2-1. Fantastic. Archie, I read somewhere the story of how Alex Ferguson then got you to go to Man United with him. I think he, you know, was it he pulled up in his Mercedes, wound down his window and kind of encouraged you to come along? That's it. You've got, you've got the story exactly right. Then uh, I was up training uh, in a local park in Aberdeen with uh, young players in the afternoon. And uh, unfortunately, my mother hadn't been too well at that time. So I, when he, I saw the car, I said, oh, he's got bad news for me. But uh, his words were that uh, he came came along and he said, uh, "Look, uh, we're going to Manchester United." You know, there was no, it was just fait accompli that we're going to Manchester United. I said, "Oh, oh, good." Oh, he says, uh, "You'll get offered the job at Aberdeen. Uh, what do you want to do?" So it was these sort of decisions that you know that you were making on the spur of the moment. No consultation with my wife or anything like that. It was just a case of what do you want to do. I said no, no. I says uh, I, I would, I would, I would want to join you there as well. So um, we met the chairman and um, one of the other directors in Aberdeen that night, and uh, it was all fixed. And I didn't even know what I was going to be getting paid going to Manchester United. I was just hoping that it was going to be better than what I was at Aberdeen. So. <laughs> uh, there was none of these, none of the silly, silly figures that they talk about uh, now in football. Is, yeah. Uh, so it was just a case of go down there and uh, get paid, get paid whatever they were giving us. It was simple as that. Archie, what do you think, mate? You were there for the this, you know, the start of the formation years of what Sir Alex became, especially at Aberdeen and then at Man United, and you went with him. What set him different to all the other managers? Why do you think he then went on to become the figure he was at Man United? Just a, a phenomenal, a phenomenal um, never to be beat was was his motto, I would say. You know, and uh, he had everybody, he had everybody sort of thinking along these lines. And uh, you know, when we were at Aberdeen, you went to Ibrox and you went to Celtic, and uh, it was a case of look, we're here to win. You know, with, with, whereas with other teams, then it was a case of, you know, then, oh, this is a big match for us. If we do no bad, then it should be good. Uh, it would be fine. But uh, no, Alec was a winner through and through. And everything he did, you know, uh, if you were playing him at Tiddlywinks, he, he wanted to win. <laughs> because 
we used to have a game that we played at Batardi, the two of us, you know, in the, the gymnasium, one touch and stuff like that. And uh, we'd be in there for two hours in a, an afternoon and stuff like that, batting this ball about. And uh, he was as determined to, to win any of these things, Scrabble, any, anything at all. Archie, 86-91, you were at Man U. It would have been a fantastic time for you. Looking at players like coming through the, the ranks at that time, Giggs, Beckham, the Neville brothers, Scholes. Uh, you also had in the team, the first team, Hughes, Ince, Strachan. Tell us a bit about these players. I, I must admit, Albert, that uh, uh, I was fortunate in my career that um, no matter the, the, the big names in that that you've been involved in, I never had a moment's problem with any of them. You know, then they knew the rules as regards training and stuff like that. They had to be there at the right time. If they if they weren't there, then they, they were excluded from the training and stuff like that. So I never had a problem with any of these guys. They didn't they didn't spit their dummy out or anything like that when they were when they were left out teams and put aside at training because they hadn't turned up in time or anything like that. Never never had a, a moment's moment's bother with them. And uh, some great pros, of course, that you've just mentioned there. Yep. Uh, the the young lads coming through, um, you know, Beckham and Butt and Scholes and uh, Giggs and stuff like that. I can remember going to, I can remember the time where Alec and I went to Giggs's house on his 14th birthday to, to up in Salford to, to sign him for as a schoolboy for Manchester United. And he was at Manchester City School of Excellence at that time. Jeez. And, uh, yeah, it was a quite a furore when uh, when it was announced that we had signed him, you know, on a schoolboy forum because he'd he'd been for four years he'd been from ten years of age to to fourteen he'd been at Manchester City School of Excellence, but uh, we we uh, what do you call it managed to recruit him for Manchester United, and I've only ever seen two players that I've been associated with, you know, people go on about footballers and. Uh, there's a great wee lad at 12 years of age or 14 years of age and say, oh, he's going to be some player. I've only seen two in my entire career, uh, as I said, I was associated with, that you would have put money on and said they'll be top players. Uh, that was uh, Diggs at Manchester United and, and Rooney at Everton. I can remember Rooney at Everton where uh, we tried to include him in the first team when he was 15, uh, but it was it was vetoed by the, the school's association and stuff like that, so we never got the chance of playing him and, or, or bringing him on as a substitute in, in uh, any of the games. Gee, how good, how good are those stories? Well done to Alex Abella and to you, Albie. Good interview. Now, part two we're going to play next week, and in part two of this interview, Archie Knox talks about Jose Mourinho, Arsene Wenger, and the Premier League right now. But the other thing is, he names the best player he's ever been associated with, and I reckon it's a bit of a shock, actually. I think yeah, we, 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 won't say, we won't say who it is just now, but uh, when he mentions the likes of Rooney and Giggs and all of those great players, uh, you'll be surprised, I think, as to who he names his best player he was associated with. But, Val, can you imagine going and signing Ryan Giggs as a 14-year-old, Rooney as a 14-year-old? Amazing stuff. And having no idea how, how good they're going to be. Yeah. And they turned out to be absolutely world-class. Well, he mentioned... Uh, uh, Giggs was in the School of Excellence at Man City, so he's actually yeah. stolen from, yeah. from the from the, from the arch rival. But how would you be? You're that good that the school's association stopped Rooney from playing in the first team at Everton. Because he was 15. I think the rules are changed now by FIFA. But the, the other thing that he said which interested me was that how many times have we heard, we see a player and we hear from, in Adelaide in particular, <laughs> 
this yeah. kid's going to be the next best thing, and then mm. bang, they're off like a bad smell. Mm. I've heard I mean, the how name, many times have we seen that? I've mm. heard the name mentioned Dennis Law hundreds of times. This guy's as good as Dennis Law. He's 12 and, years of age. And, yeah. the, and the parents <laughs> pressurise the kid, the coaches pressurise the kid, and then they disappear. Mm. Into the unknown. Well, next week we'll play part two of that. A very, very good interview. Albie, well done to you and uh, to Alex Abella. It's the real football show for CMI Toyota, South Australia's number one Toyota dealer. In a minute, there's a fair bit of news happening right around the country. Some big, big names uh, linked to some big clubs. We'll talk about that in a moment with Val Miliaccio from The Advertiser. There you go. A couple of Manchester boys right there. Oasis. Hey, they're, yeah. they're man boys. It's the real football show for CMI Toyota, South Australia's number one Toyota dealer. Fair bit of news uh, breaking during the week as far as the real football game is concerned. Val, what can you tell us about Dylan McGowan? I spoke to his uh, agent yesterday, Buddy Farrer. Uh, surprised me. And uh, obviously uh, Dylan's off at the end of the season. He signed a pre-contract deal, multi-year. But he wouldn't give me the name of the club, so I'm still trying to hunt it down. But in the top five leagues, he told me. So that's either Spain, Germany, Italy, England, or France. Mm. They're in the top five. Very good. But good, good on him. him. Good on him. He wanted to go last year, but uh, obviously it didn't work out for him. I think there was a team, Chunum Dragons, South Korea were chasing him, and Graham Arnold was after him as well. All right, So, but he is going to play the season out? Yes. Okay. Yes, and it would have been hard for him last night. Uh, because of the circumstances, yep. you know, his, his father, unfortunately, was convicted of uh, murder in Scotland. And it was a tough, tough mm -hmm. game for Dylan to get through. And, and full credit to him. You know, he, he must really have a, a, a real solid mind of steel. Mm. Yeah, good on him. He started his career, as we all know. He was a young kid, um, obviously Scottish background. He um, went to Hearts in, uh, in his junior days and uh, done very well. So you never know. He might be back in Scotland as well, Val. Who knows? Offered there, yeah. Who knows? All right. Um, Kevin Musket has been linked to Rangers. Yeah, that... I, uh, I spotted that. Well, somebody told me about the, the news in the Scottish Sun. I contacted one of my uh, people in Scotland, a, a very prominent journalist, and he said that his agent's brilliant. That's all he said. <laughs> his agent's brilliant. So, uh, yeah. And I just read now that Melbourne Victory have hosed that speculation down as well. Yeah, Muskie, obviously a former player at Glasgow Rangers and um, a huge, huge club lads. I can't tell you how big the, these guys are. Lost their manager, well, he resigned a, a couple of weeks ago now. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of names being touted about. But I think I think I really do. My mail is that um, Alex McLeish will mm. be appointed there. Oh, how about Craig Moore? He's been linked to the technical director's job. Well, Craig Moore was a huge player there as well. The, the, the club captain for a for a lot of years and very successful under Graham Souness. But, um, you know, I'd be, I'd be quite interested to see if Craig Moore gets a gig there. Hmm. Uh, I want to mention uh, Aaron Moy, because I know you, uh, I think you rate him, don't you, Albie? I do. Uh, Man yeah. City, apparently, are watching every single one of his games. They've got a scout watching every move he makes. Well, it's interesting because Huddersfields are playing Man City in the FA Cup, and uh, I believe he's, he can't play. He must have a clause in his contract to say that. Had of the meat man city, he can't play, mm. uh, so he's going to be out of the team. That's mm. a fair call. Yeah, it is. It is because he's a him. decent player and he's he's cutting it up at that uh, that level. It's just the next step for him. Uh, if he could sort of step up to the EPL, that'd be fantastic. But let's be honest, lads, he, he is a good player and the best player that we've, we've seen over the last two or three years coming out of, of Australia. Mm, all right, um, Val, I want to ask you another Adelaide United question. Mm -hmm. uh, Karuska, the omission. Uh, as far as the Asian League's concerned, 
Uh, is he the player you would have left out? No, not at all. And it didn't go down well um, with him or his manager. His manager called me from Argentina um, on Tuesday. And uh, I think they're going to miss him. We saw how good he can be last night. It would have been a tough call for, for Guillermo Amor. But obviously, La Roca was injured. But I think leaving Karuska out, he's the X factor. Not, I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, that's just a come in there. I think uh, Karuska, he's been blown hot and cold. Uh, let's be honest, he's been very, very inconsistent this year. Uh, not a shadow of himself last year and uh, injured all the time. But really, on his performance last night, I think <laughs> they should rethink that. They've probably submitted the, the squad now and it's too late, but uh, I think they'll miss him. And. I think it is too late. And the thing is, I'll have to find out today. The thing is now, Isaias might be out with a knee injury. So, exactly. So they're down on, a, on another big player. So it could turn into an absolute nightmare. Yeah, but surely the rules allow. If you lose one international, you're allowed to put another one in. Surely. I'll have to look into the rules. You'd the have AFC to be able rules. to. Surely. But, but their, their, their squad had to is be... An injury? Their final squad had to be submitted by last uh, Tuesday yeah. night. Hmm. That's a tough one, but SAS last night it looked, didn't look good. That's... Um, you know, it looks like they maybe can't lose problem at ACL or whatever it is, but he, he never looked good last night. And uh, let's hope the lads, the lads are good because they really need him in the in the squad. I think he's had the knee strap for most of the season. I don't know why he didn't have it last night. And obviously, I was watching the replay when I got home last night. Look, it the actual injury looked like before he kicked the ball looked like his ankle got stuck into the turf. Yeah, and that's where uh, it could be a medial ligament. Not that I'm a doctor, but it looks more like a medial ligament. All right, The Real Football Show, Val Miliacho from the Advertiser, Albie Kidd and Dits with you. Just a reminder, coming up at 8 o'clock, Dead Set Legends with KG and Jars. It's The Real Football Show for CMI Toyota. Tarek Elrich from Adelaide United to join us. 7.41 on a Saturday morning, The Real Football Show. Thanks to CMI Toyota, Adelaide United. Big win last night over Newcastle and a man that was very, very important. Tarek Elrich joins us. Tarek, good morning. Good morning. How are you going? Well done, and well done on the big run. Uh, it ended in a penalty, but uh, you certainly made it happen. Well, well played. Well done. No, thank you. Thank you, Tarek. Uh, just run us through the emotions of last night before kickoff. Obviously, Dylan McGowan. There was a family issue there, and Karuska not playing in the Champions League, which starts next week. What was the mood in the camp like just before the game? No, look. Uh, obviously, we we rock up to a game. Um, you know, with a job to do. Uh, all week was. All about rolling the sleeves up and getting stuck in a little bit more, and um, you know, not getting bullied um, on the pitch. And yeah, look, all the boys uh, were were pretty positive. I spoke to Dylan before the game; he was fine. Um, you know, I, I drive to training every day with Cello. He was disappointed he uh, didn't make the ACL squad, but um, you know, he showed yesterday. Um, you know, when when Cello's on, what he can he can produce for us. Mm. Tarek got to performance last night. I, I thought the um, obviously the tactics were pretty good. They hit the, everybody knows that they hit well on the break, very very quick. I thought the tactics were spot spot on. Yeah, that's what we we knew. They're danger men, um, you know, a young young guys full of energy and you know full of speed. And um, the job for myself and Maroney was to to get tight and not let them have um, too much joy on the ball. And you know, when we do get into their final third to try to finish the actions rather than turning it over cheaply in the middle of the park and letting them have those opportunities to play in behind us. And, yeah, look, it worked. Um, it was just good to, to see that fighting spirit from the boys. Um, you know, at 1-0 up, um, with the way that our season's going, uh, I'm sure there have been a few hearts in uh towards that back end of that game. Even your coach, Tarek, was... Uh... A bit more animated last night. Amor was uh, into the game last night. It's the first time we've seen that. 
Yeah, for us too, walked in at half time, uh, <laughs> lost his voice a little bit, which was uh, a bit different. But um, yeah, look, uh, I think it was just, it meant that, that much to, to everyone involved in the club. Um, obviously, you know, we're still last, uh, it's nothing to, to you know, brag about, but you know, it's, a, it's a step in the right direction. I think Kim, who come in as well, done a great job and um, yeah, hopefully we can finish the season off strongly and uh, obviously with Champions League coming up as well, uh, that gives us a little bit of confidence going into Wednesday night. Just take us through the penalty. I mean, you, you tried the slalom run a few times last night and, and the, the one that worked, um, you got yourself inside the box. Did you have any idea that Mullen and Berger were coming up for the next tackle? You must have been licking your lips when you saw those two players. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, they're, they're both... Uh, you know, quality defenders, um, especially when the play's in front of them. Um, so trying to place players like Syria and Jordan into feet um, was making it a little bit tough because they like to get tight and, you know, um, have the play in front of them. And, you know, we spoke about trying to take those players on, um, obviously playing in behind them. Uh, and, you know, we, we did have a, a few chances there. On the left side, I thought young Geordie did a good job as well. And, you know, uh, for me, uh, when I get the ball, um, I like to make the... The, the winger worry about me more more than myself worrying about him. And mm. you know, when you get the ball and run at him, um, and especially when you're in the box, um, Joseph used to harp on about it, and so does um, Guillermo about you know doing things in the box because you know you create half a chance, and you know the keeper parries and someone you know follow up the shot, and you know in, in my instance you, you win a penalty if they get too tight here. So yeah, look for me is. Uh, yeah, when I, when I saw that moment, uh, it just all opened up for me, which is good. Was it clear-cut pen? No, oh, for me, first off, it wasn't even so much Bogart. It was more the, the initial nudge. Like, when I cut inside Mullen, he was the one that put me off my... Like, gave me a bit of a nudge. And then Bogey got me as well. So, look, for me, it, it's a penalty. You know, on social media... A lot of Newcastle fans uh, apparently lost respect for me after that. Nah, but, um, don't read it. For me, don't it read a penalty. That <laughs> no, they, they take you in it, so it's, it's, it's there in front of you. But for me, I don't look. Um, you know, I, I like I like that. Um, you know, I, I like those comments just to let them know that you know I, I saw it. But in saying that, um, you know that that's football. Uh, you know, everything's kind of gone against us this season. Uh, finally, the decisions have gone our way. No, Tarek, we've got the benefits of the replays. So I thought you tackled Bogart really well there. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Tarek, just with the situation with uh, Guillermo Moore, obviously he's got until the end of February, I think, to make up his mind whether he's going to stay or go. And obviously you're one of the players that's staying on and, until 2018 at least, along with his AES and, and Michael Moroni. Is that making a lot of players anxious given the calibre of the player coming off contract at the moment, not knowing who's going to be the boss next season, whether it's going to be a Moore or, or somebody else? Yeah, look for us. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a hard thing in football. Um, you know, players come and go, coaches come and go, and for us, you know, Guillermo's a, a, a good coach and you know even a better person. So, you know, whatever that situation is, it's uh, totally out of the players' control. That's more, um, you know, uh, something for the owners and um, the board members to to decide. But look for us. Yeah, as you said, it's it does play on uh, players' minds. Uh, obviously. Some players that are off contract that maybe want to re-sign, want to know what the, the club's future is in that department. And obviously the other way around, I'm sure the club wants to sign some players thinking who's going to be coach next year. So, look, it's a, it's a diff, difficult position for both parties, but um, that's something that, you know, we don't have too much control about. And, you know, for the players' future as well, like myself, I'm here next year. I want to see what, 
what direction the club wants to go in. Mm-hmm. I want to see the club, you know, um, go and get him back to its best. You know, it's, it's disappointing to see where we are uh, this season because, you know, for me, not just saying it because I play Adelaide, but, you know, I always see Adelaide as a top four team minimum. Mm. Tarek, going back to the Asians Champion League there, um, looking at uh, Kirishka being left out, you know, it's, uh, there's a bit of an uproar here that we thought he should have been in there, especially on his performance last night. But with the uh, Isaiah getting injured as well, is there a possible rethink of Kirishka slipping into the squad or is it too late? Uh, I think it's too late. I'm not sure with the ruling. Um, I think the squad had to be announced uh, last Wednesday. Don't quote me because I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, look, it's. Uh, you know, Cello's a, not only a great player, but, you know, he's a good friend and, you know, good to have around in the change room. Uh, he's the ultimate professional and, you know, we're disappointed as well as players, but we know that, you know, only uh, three can get selected out of the five foreigners we've got. And even um, out of those five foreigners that we have, uh, so is Jakob or comes under that. So there's, out of six players, um, you know, there's only a possibility of three. And then obviously Kim comes into to the action as a uh, plus one agent. So, Look, that, that's a, I'm sure it's a very tough decision for the coach to make, but, um, yeah, it is what it is. Tarek, well done again, mate. A good win for United last night. You were certainly instrumental in it, and uh, you're very, very good to us at Triple M. You always take our call, and we really appreciate it early on a Saturday morning, mate. Thanks again, and well done. No worries. Thanks, Thanks guys, for having me. There you go, Tarek Elrich. Uh, and we didn't get to ask him, actually, about John Hall, but we spoke about it earlier. Just rapped to see the young goalkeeper have a good night too, Albie. Yeah, he done very well last night. I, I thought he played a, a fantastic game. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of negative uh, comments made about John Hall. And, uh, and really, look at the way he played last night. I thought he was outstanding, That mm. I really thought he was outstanding. Well, the pressure was on him. He's had two, what you'd say, ordinary weeks. Yeah, um, he has. And then last night, he had to perform. He, he, I, it was probably his last chance, and he... Uh, he showed what he's made of. So, well done to the young boy. Uh, it's the Real Football Show. In a moment, we'll talk about the NPL. Some big, big games around Adelaide this afternoon. All thanks to CMI Toyota. And then it's Dead Set Legends with KG and Jars. The Real Football Show on Triple M on a Saturday morning. It is the World Game. So much to talk about. Let's talk local. The PlayStation 4 National Premier League boys kicked off Thursday night. And what a clash. Adelaide City, Campbelltown City, and uh, Adelaide City got the points away from home. Albie, they have put together, Damien Murray has put together a very, very handy squad. Yeah, he's got all the, he's got all the big guns, isn't he? You know, um, Dylan Smith and... Nagel and, and all the rest of them, but um, Evan, no, Evan Kostopoli. This is this yeah, is an attacking Evan, lineup. I mean, Costa was on the bench, who I think last year scored nine, 19 goals. Now, for him to come on, uh, very, very handy to have on the bench. He came on and scored, by the way. But yeah, you mentioned Smith, Kostopoulos, Scott Nagel from Defence, very attacking player. Uh, they're going to be very handy, very hard to beat. Yeah, I reckon that he's, he's got a good squad together there, and uh, they will be the, I think they'll be the benchmark. Looking at beating Joey Mullins, Campbelltown there uh, on Thursday evening. Yep. I think the I think they will be the benchmark uh, debts. All right, your boys Olympic today take on Adelaide United, the youth team. Uh, now the whisper is you've got a couple of injuries. We have a couple of guys that are uh, just nursing some knocks and whatnot. We just uh, the coaches uh, Branko Milosevic and Derek Cole will, will uh, get the guys together when we we get down there this evening and uh, make a late decision on the starting eleven. Well, just tell us, tell us now. <laughs> I can't tell you Why? it's because yeah, we're on, actually, they're getting treatment today. Oh, sorry, couple this is a soccer show where we give no information. Yeah. Sorry, we yeah, just yeah. we just pretend. You know, 
It's all smoke and mirrors. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly it's, um, like a coach. Yeah. It's, it's very, 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 very confidential. Confidential. Oh, we'll keep it to yourself then. It's, like, right. a, it's <laughs> like it's a press conference. Come on, Albie. <laughs> Who, who's injured? Uh, let's move on to the Croydon West Adelaide. Croydon West Adelaide. Uh, one thing, Val, uh, looking at all of these games, this league to me, we had the season launch on Thursday night. When you go through the teams, all right, Adelaide City, Campbelltown, Croydon, West Adelaide, Metro Stars, Bacala, uh, throw in Adelaide Blue Eagles, all very, very good sides. This, you know, Comets have recruited incredibly well. This is a real tough, tight league this year. Where do they get the money from? It's not about the money. The crowds are, are not good, yeah. and I've heard some wages are just astronomical for this league. Where mm. where does the money come from? Clubs have to raise it through sponsorship, or kids, through kids. Yep. All right, that's a discussion Fun, for another day, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's actually, I I hate it. Yeah, you've written about this in the ties before, and I tend I to. I think agree I'm going to go for it again. Yeah. No, I look. I agree with you. <laughs> well, I agree with you. A kid pays a thousand bucks, and it goes to a first team player. That's not on. Well, not all of it, but uh, there's a lot no of doubt a percentage a lot does. Of yeah. what, what does the club get out of it? You win a trophy, no cash. Mm. No, it's an Is the game winning? No. No. All right. Controversial. Val's come did, out swinging. Did you invite Val into the I just wanted to talk about the good games that I are on today. I don't like it. I don't like... Well, if you're going to invest in kids, invest in kids. Yeah, all right. I get your point. Well, that's a different topic, isn't it? <laughs> it, no, is. it is. Look, <laughs> and I'm happy to discuss that with you. I'm not deflecting it, but... Uh, I just want to talk about the games today, but Val, yes. you are right. No, you are right. And this has been the case for a long, long time. And it's actually worse in New South Wales and Victoria, where the money is even more astronomical and crazy. I had South Melbourne's three grand. That's right, for a player, yeah. And if, and if I don't know, if South Australia doesn't conform and do the same thing, we will get left behind. All of our young players will play in Sydney and Melbourne in, in these leagues. We'll have no one here. It's a very complex <coughs> argument, isn't it? It is. But anyway, coming back to the football, uh, Lance. <laughs> yeah, right. Honestly, you, you've touched on it. It's, it's a very, very tough league this Some year. great sides. Every club has recruited well. You look at Parahills coming up from the, the State Division yep. and uh, Cumberland as well. Yep. They've recruited well as well, especially Cumberland. Um, you know, it's going to be an unbelievable tough league this year. Yeah, all games. Now, I know Cumberland, are, they, they actually do fancy their chances. They're not coming up just to make up the numbers. They... They fancy themselves against the top sides. I watched them playing against the West Adelaide, one of the top guns uh, in the league, and uh, in a competition at uh, Blue Eagles. Yep. And uh, they played very, very well. Typical English gutsy team, in yep. about people. Um, they'll do well. It was a draw, wasn't it? 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Yep. So, so who's going to win the league? Uh, Metro Stars taking on Bacala this afternoon. That'll be a good clash as well. Uh, West Torrens Bacala without Adam Lacornia. I'm happy to say who's out of our Lacornia team. Tits. Very happy to say who's Lacornia's not playing. out. Uh, Lacornia's out, suspended from last year, so he misses round one. Um, so that is a big out. He He's just about the best defender in the competition. Is he, is he worth a shot in the A-League? He should have been given a chance. There is no doubt about that. Very sad. I'm told there are two boys that are standouts. Him and the lad Halliday from Adelaide yeah. City. Halliday. Yeah. Should, have been given, yeah. should have both been given a chance by now. And I remember him playing in the FFA Cup last year for the uh, Victorian team. Yeah. And he was outstanding. Yeah. And, uh, Adam that's Lacornia. When they, that's when yeah. they beat Metro Stars. Yeah. Had a good was conversation with, before? Had a good conversation with Cosy a couple of weeks ago, and he mentioned Halliday Ditz and says he should be playing definitely in the A-League. Hmm. Well, there you go. There's a fair endorsement. Yep. Mm. All right, so some big games this afternoon. Kick-off at 3 o'clock, uh, right around the league. Croydon, West Adelaide, Metro Stars and Bacala, Parra Hills, Comets. Now, your game, Albie's at 7 o'clock tonight. Adelaide United, Olympic. That's if Olympic can put an 11 on the park. <laughs> Adelaide Blue Eagles mm. take on Cumberland as well. Boys, that has been the real football show. Thanks to Val Miliacho from the Advertiser. Look forward to your article. You'll have one in the Sunday Mail tomorrow, Val. Absolutely. On uh, Giawe Jonas Sally and his take on the Champions League.
The okay. ex Jonas Sully, remember Jonas? I do. He trained with Great West Torrens McCaller about a month ago, and uh, <laughs> let's say he left his mark. <laughs> And he loved every second. I asked him about that. He loved it. Right. We'll talk about that another day. Albie Kid, have a good weekend. Good luck to Olympic tonight. Yep. Thanks, Dets. I'll see you next week. Coming up next, Dead Set Legends with KG and Jars. Triple M's The Real Football Show Catch-Up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota. SA's number one Toyota dealer.